After breakfast, Sir Henry gave Barrymore a parcel of clothes he had worn in London, and no longer needed. "'Now I am a country gentleman, I must try to look the part,' he said. "'I hope you enjoy your morning walk, Dr. Watson.' I left Baskerville Hall, and the broad path down Yew Alley soon changed into a rough moorland track. As I passed through a gloomy valley between two rocky tors, a man ran towards me. He was small, slim, clean-shaven, fair-haired, and lean-jawed, between thirty and forty years of age, dressed in a grey suit and wearing a straw hat. He carried a green butterfly net in one of his hands. "'Allow me to introduce myself, Dr. Watson,' he said. "'I visited Dr. Mortimer earlier today, and he told me that you were staying at Baskerville Hall. "'My name is Stapleton. "'If you have time to walk with me to my home, Merry Pitt House, my sister will be glad to meet you.' "'I accepted Stapleton's kind invitation and walked with him along a narrow path through the rough heather. "'Close by I could see some bright green patches of lush grassland.' amongst the barren landscape. "'That looks like a fine place for a gallop,' I observed. Stapleton shook his head. "'Others have thought so, and been killed for their mistake,' he answered. "'That is the great Grimpen Mire. It is a deadly swamp of liquid mud, covered with green scum. And any person who steps into it will sink without trace. Follow this path very carefully, doctor.' and you will be safe. We had gone a little further upon our journey when a strange sound echoed across the moor. A long, low moan filled the whole air, yet it was impossible to say from whence it came. What is that? I cried. Stapleton looked at me with a curious expression on his face. Strange place, the moor, said he. But what is it? The local people say it is the hound of the Baskervilles calling for its prey. I looked round, with a chill of fear in my heart, at the huge plain mottled with the green patches. Nothing stirred over the vast expanse save a pair of ravens, which croaked loudly from a rocky tor behind us. "'You are an educated man. Surely you don't believe such nonsense as that,' said I. "'What do you think is the cause of so weird a sound?' perhaps the sound of the bittern, replied Stapleton. It is a very rare bird with a deep booming call, practically extinct in England now, but there may be some specimens left on the moor. I was not convinced by his explanation, and felt that perhaps Stapleton knew more than he was prepared to say. As we came in sight of Merripit House, the scientist suddenly reached for his net and set off at great pace across the moor. I could see that he was chasing after a colourful butterfly, no doubt a rare specimen. At the same time the front door opened, and a young woman ran towards me. I realised that this was Stapleton's sister, although she looked nothing like her brother. She was slim, elegant and tall, with an olive complexion and jet-black hair. Her eyes were on her brother as she quickened her pace towards me. "'Go back,' she said. "'Go straight back to London, instantly.' Before she could say more, Stapleton had returned. Miss Stapleton turned to him, struggling to calm herself. "'I was just welcoming Sir Henry Baskerville to our home.' "'Madam, you are mistaken. 
"'I am not Sir Henry. I am Dr. Watson, Sir Henry's friend,' I said. Miss Stapleton looked worried and embarrassed at her mistake, but I said no more about her warning. Later, as I returned to Baskerville Hall, I wondered why she was so anxious for Sir Henry to leave. Did she have any information about the death of Sir Charles Baskerville, or the strange sounds heard on the moor? That evening I wrote a letter to Sherlock Holmes, who was still in London, telling him everything that had occurred. Would he be able to use his powers of deduction to discover the truth about these strange events?'